All right. Welcome back to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast. I'm here with my brother, Nick Benson. What's up? Hi, Nick. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, happy that you're here. I am happy to be here. Yes. Amen. And here at the Preserve and Illuminate podcast, we like to be salt and light in a bland and dark world. And we are on episode 110. So congratulations, Nick. You're 110 episodes old. Yeah. Yeah, you made it. Almost retired. You're almost retired <laughs> from uh, from podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that number is, but I, I don't either. Yeah, yeah. just sounds good to say. It's like 500. Yeah, it's our podcast. Well, Million. actually, no, I take that back. It's the Lord's podcast. So, ooh. But He gives us words to say. Yeah, way to catch yourself on that one. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of catching ourselves, not yeah. before we start. <clears throat> before we start, um, someone, one of our fans, a close fan listener, said they they have a holy bone to pick with us. Ooh. Because of. The last episodes, um, we meant we were a little, I guess we sounded a little judgy on the one-year Bible reading plans um, to this particular listener, so I do want to say sorry, but at the same time, reiterate that um, we were sharing from the, the, the perspective of what works for us, and if you can read the Bible on that one-year plan or whatever those plans are and, and glean from it and, and strive and abide through it, then that's what works for you, right? So, or find another podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man. We're, we're going to get beat up now. <laughs> Bring we're it. We're for sure getting beat up. <laughs> Bring it. No, and, and, I'm more scared of that beat up than being canceled. So. Really? Yeah. Come on. Really, Nick? It's my wife, that's why. Oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you want to restart? We're going we're gonna to start this podcast all over. It's Welcome to the Preserve and Illuminate. the best <laughs> ever. Now, I guess she, you know, she was just joking with us, but at the same time, I did want to just say it because um, we always share from a perspective of how the Lord is working in and through our lives, and that never means that it's like the only way to do it, because the Lord works in all kinds of ways and intimately and individually with each person. So, yeah, and I feel like we mentioned it and probably didn't emphasize it. Uh, yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with doing the Bible in a year by any means. For sure, it so everybody has a different retention capability, mm. and some people can actually read through the Bible in one year and retain it all. Mm. I'm not that smart. Yeah, me neither. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not that guy, right? Yeah. I, I, I got to take my time, and then I still won't retain it. But that's another conversation <laughs> for another day. But there's nothing wrong with doing it. It's really the heart of why you're doing it. Right. I think it's hopefully what we were trying to do. Like, if you're going to do it just to check a box and say that you read the whole Bible, like, don't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you're going to be able to do it because you're intentionally retaining everything that you're doing, you're able to absorb how the Lord's speaking to you. And it, and, it, and it works with how, you know, your schedule is, then don't, don't, don't take what we said the wrong way. Yeah. Not in good call out, right? Cause that's not, that's not how we meant it, no. but don't do it. If it's a check the box thing, don't, don't, don't mess with God's word that way. And I, I hope that that's maybe, and I think it was, and, and if it didn't, then, then right. Nick apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the topic was relation versus or relationship versus religion, I believe, or yes. something like that. So yeah. I think that's where we were talking about it. And, and that was our point was the relationship is more important than the religious, uh, yeah. religious uh, checking of boxes. Checking the boxes and even just going through the motions or any yeah. rituals that you think that you could do, which is really the point of what we were trying to get to, trying right? To, There's no ritual 
or religion that's going to save you. It's through the relationship that we're saved. We'll probably dive into that today. It kind of brings us right into that topic, yeah. So today's topic is uh, Jesus or nothing. Yes. And it's a topic that Nicholas came up with. So I'm going to toss it to Nicholas. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Uh Um, But yeah, it does. I think I think it does go along with that. What we're just kind of opening with because um, it is Jesus or nothing. And the reason that was kind of on my head and heart and has been, um, I've been I had just been telling myself that with the different things happening or situation, circumstance, or even um, people I know going through different things, um, it seems. To me, it's always Jesus or nothing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like if people are hurting, it's not always the wisest just to throw scripture at them. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the times it is uh, good to listen and, and, and uh, receive everything that they're saying before you ever even speak. Um, but we have to reflect and give Jesus, um, even if it is just that listening or um, being there for them or whatever it may be, because... Um, and, and I'm going to start in, in First Thessalonians, but I, I came to these scripture, these verses actually um, last night when praying on what to share because the topic Jesus or nothing, like I said, there's been so many different things going on. I've had to use that, like it's Jesus or nothing. And, and I feel like I've even said it on this podcast. I've definitely m- made comments to friends and family that like if I didn't know Jesus, I would probably be nuts by now. I would have gone crazy or done something that caused hurt or whatever because this world is just full of so much um, muck and distraction, but then also so much pressure and stress and problems. And if you don't have something or someone to lean on, yes, my wife is there, my kids, my friends, like you, like that's all good, but it's still physical. And there's a bigger picture and a bigger thing that a lot of the times we don't even see or know, but we feel it because we either feel the pressure of it, we feel uh, the distraction from it, etc. So 1 Thessalonians 4, I'm going to read 13 uh, to the end of the chapter, which I believe is 17. Uh, It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know uh, what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves, then together with them who are still we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be uh, with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. So this is like, you know, the picture of the rapture, right? Like the, um, but I like uh, verse 13 because it says we, um, we, would not, we don't grieve like those that don't have hope. And recently, you know, having conversations with the, a brother that works at a, at a shop that I deal with, um, he, you know, lost a dog. His dog passed away, and he's had him for, like, many years. And he was, he was sharing with me that he's like, oh, he's like, he was close to, like, being a family member. Uh, definitely God's creatures. He, like, believes, too. He's a believer. 
And I was like, yeah, thank God we have that hope. We don't grieve like others, you know. And, and, and I was just saying it in passing because um, that's how I, I try to think Jesus or nothing. So it's if someone's going through something or if I'm going through something, it, one is for a purpose, but at the same time, I have a hope that is beyond a physical thing. So these verses where it starts and talking about and then even thinking about Good Friday today and Easter this weekend, we have a hope. So we have an anchor and set to where no matter what happens physically, we have a hope to look forward to. And we don't grieve. So, we, yeah, so we, we, are, we miss people, or for my friend's sake, he misses his dog. But at the same time, we don't continue to sit on that and, and be sorrowful and grieving over and over like we've lost someone if we know we have eternity uh, in front of us. And also, say, if it's a family member or whatever, we will see them again, especially if they were a believer as well. You know, we'll be reunited. And then the picture of the the rapture and everything, we, we have a hope in Jesus because of what he, one, did on the cross and then two, did by resurrecting from the dead. So Easter, you know, that was even like the other topic idea was like Easter's not just a season like that because I feel like a lot of people tend to get stuck on this week, Holy Week, and then next Monday they just kind of go back to, to the rest of the things they've been doing. But if we have a hope and something to, to hold on to, it's got to be Jesus first or Jesus or nothing. And that's like the, the end of the equation of life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is, did yeah. you live for Jesus or was it nothing? Because everything else would perish. The yeah. whole point of what, what, what you know, Paul's saying here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Jesus is coming back. You need to, you need to wake up get and right. pay attention and get right. Because, you know, before that, in, in, in verse 4, I mean, in chapter 4, he kind of steps through a couple of things that are, like, really theologically important for how we live our lives. Hmm. And it's being pure, understanding your fellowship and your place, and having Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because if not, you're going to hell. Hmm. And I know that sounds harsh, but yeah. that's the absolute truth. It's the signs I see on the freeway when I'm passing. Yeah. Jesus or hell. I'm yeah. like, man, that's harsh, but... Praise God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus, forgive know, me. <laughs> I don't know who put those up, yeah. uh, but they're all over the bridges. Like recently, huh? Yeah. yeah I've been seeing a lot of them. Yeah. Like, hell's in like red letters. <laughs> like, letters, <whoa>. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Getting people's attention. And I was thinking about it yesterday, believe it or not, because I saw one and it, I noticed it, but it had flipped around because of the wind. I think one of the little zip ties snapped <laughs> and it had flipped around. And then I was just thinking to myself, like, is is that is that okay <laughs> that somebody broke the law to put that up there? Yeah. I'm okay with everybody like seeing that, and, like being <laughs> having their heart checked. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was just interesting. But point point being, Jesus or nothing. You know, I was I was thinking of John 10:10. 10, 10. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, because this this is a reminder: the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then Jesus says, "I have come that they may have life." that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus came that we may have this abundant life. The enemy's going to try to take everything he can from us. What is interesting about the perception of the world, and this isn't a knock on anybody, but the perception of the world is that they're gaining things. But there's always a trade-off. There's always a trade-off, right? If we could go to fundamental physics 
and talk about that everything has an equal and opposite reaction. So everything that you do has an equal and opposite reaction. So you're either building equity in heaven or you're building equity in hell, right? Um, and, it, I, and, and I don't want to nerd out on you guys. I'm going to try to keep it like, you know what I mean? Because I could go crazy I right do. now. No, no, no. Because <laughs> it'll never end. It will never, it'll never end. Point being, like, in, in, in the basics of fundamental life and the law of physics, God is proving to us that there's a difference between heaven and hell. All the way down to the research that people are doing, they can't find the smallest particle of man or the, the furthest star in the, in the galaxy or in the universe. Like, there's no end. You can't find God. You won't find him by a microscope or a telescope. It's, it just it can't happen. But in everything that you see, there is a story that's telling you that you need Jesus. Mm. And it's absolutely mind-blowing. And I don't know if anybody's ever done the research. I encourage you to do it. But check out how far these scientists are going and how much they're doing and how much research and how much money they're spending mm. to try to find, you know, the life, the life particle, right? They're, they're trying to find that furthest, that furthest star. And every time they do, they're like, oh, my gosh, there's something else out there. <laughs> there's another <laughs> life out It just keeps going. Hmm. It just keeps going. But that's all the canvas that God has painted for us to just look to him. It's a pretty much like a map. Our body, nature, life, all of it's like a map just to point us to Jesus. Hmm. And looking through, you know, this time of, 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 of year, seeing you know holland davis do the setter um and having like the 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 view of what passover is and how it's celebrated i was really reminded of how like jews have a problem accepting jesus because their religion and i'm intentionally using that word predates jesus Mm. right but it's all pointing them to jesus Mm -hmm. that's like the, the 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 perfect like dichotomy of the world right now Right. Everybody's thinking that they're a good person, but they've never compared themselves to the perfect sacrifice. They've never compared themselves. So in their pursuit of perfection and happiness in life, they have all these blemishes on them because of the places and the things that they've done that make them unworthy. And that's why we need Jesus. Mm. So their whole life that they're living is nothing. And then Jesus gives them everything. So, you know, to the point here. Um, of John 10, 10, the thief is trying to steal stuff. He's trying to kill, he's trying to destroy, and he's doing that by giving you things, thinking that you got something, mm-hmm. and what you got was a one-way ticket to hell, right? And yeah. it's not Jesus. Yeah, and it, uh, it is even making me think while you're talking to right now because a couple weeks ago, I think, it wasn't last week, maybe two weeks ago, uh, in small group study, we were talking about, uh, so Jesus is in the in the garden, right? And and John doesn't really go into it, but then there's the other Gospels that talk about the, the sweating drops of what, what were like blood, you know, and he's grieving, and not my will, but your will be done. He's, he's praying and talking to, to his father and, and almost asking, like, if there's another way, um, I, would, I would do that, but whatever is the way, that's the way I'm going to do it because it's your way, and I want to follow that, and I want to be obedient to that. Uh, and we were talking about, like, like, you know, and, and goes off into, like, a what-if speculation. Like, <laughs> what if Jesus didn't do it? Like, if it was, it's either Jesus or nothing. So, like, if he doesn't follow through and be obedient, which we know he w- he's going to and he will because he is God in the flesh, but if there was no plan B is what I'm trying to say, and what yeah. we kind of got to was there was no backup plan. 
Like it's, it's Jesus or nothing. And there's no other way to the Father except through him. We've talked, that's also in John. So we, we had, it was a good conversation because it really put it into perspective for all of us of how crucial Jesus is to everything. Like you said, it's a, it's a map of life all leading to Jesus. But how we, when we're, say, in the world or say, like, even, even people that call themselves Christians that don't abide, they can get distracted and lose and start following or seeking things that don't honor God or not of Jesus. So then they end up with nothing. And then we end up like, oh, man, I don't know what happened. I was going to church every day, but, you know, these things still um, happen to me. Because it's like, yeah, but what did you do in between Sunday and Sunday? Because that, if, if you're only abiding one day of the week and getting attacked and falling prey to those attacks six days of the, of the rest of the week, then you're going to lose. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing to gain from that. But if you're having these issues and you're looking up, you know, and, and staying ready for that, that, that trumpet call, we're doing his business and we're about his business at that point. Yeah, amen there. <clears throat> Yeah, inside of us is is a hunger. Uh, protesters. Yeah. <laughs> Two protesters, guys. Um, if you see us looking over, it's because yeah, there's a there's, there's a, a stink over here. There's a protest. Should be straight protested right now. That's just, um, this is when we need commercial breaks, right? <laughs> um, but inside of every single person is uh, a hunger, uh, a physical hunger and a spiritual hunger, a desire to fulfill those things but they never get fulfilled and, and they only end when we die. So when somebody start, stops opening their eyes and seeking things and they stop eating, like it's, it's coming to the end of their life. Our walk, our spiritual walk is no different, right? But it just matters what we consume. Is our diet in consummation of Jesus or is it of the world? Mm -hmm. The more we consume of the world, the more we look like death. <laughs> I'm serious. It smell like it. It didn't smell like it too. <laughs> uh, but the more we, uh, the more we consume and pursue Jesus and use Him as our sustenance, then the more we look like eternal life. Mm. That is that separation that people should be able to see and smell on us in the world because we've spent time, because we are separated, because we're focusing on Jesus and keeping our eyes fixed on Him. We can't be distracted by the things of the world. When we see them, hear them, bump into them, we're like, wow, that's offensive. Something's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our levels of discernment are so much greater, and it's not like, a, not like a high and mighty thing, but it's an understanding how the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and his tactics and what he's doing to try to get you to, 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 to follow him. Mm -hmm. And the consumerism since, you know, <laughs> post the Industrial Revolution has been the driving mechanism for the enemy. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I can make products and distract you and tell you you need everything you want in the world. Yeah. It's and new. It's, it's new. new, right? <laughs> and producing all these things all the way from, like, candy to cars, all these things were being manufactured and mass-produced to, to, to hit the consumer so that they have a desire. And then there's this, there's this new and new, new branding, new marketing, new logos, new everything. Color, yeah. Why would you want to chase after something that's going to be old and relevant when you can chase after Jesus that is always new and fresh? He's a living water. Yeah. That's a, an awesome point, actually, because that 
is an applicable point for myself because it you can get caught up on things and you can get caught up on the new you can get caught up on the the you know the the mob mentality of what everyone else is doing because we are sheep you know and and one one bad sheep can lead a uh, hundred you know good sheep because they're just following the pack um, um, we see it a lot uh, whether it be the buying of things or even at church you know when someone goes forward it can bring other people forward but then they're back there the next week um, because they're not really understanding the situation it's kind of an emotional thing at that point Um, but also all that being said when you do submit and commit your life to Jesus it's not like all those things just disappear things actually tend to seem like they get a little harder because now you're pushing against the current now you're being different so I feel like that's even that reflection you're saying like if you're just acting like the world and smelling like the world no one's going to notice anything different because they're just going to you're going to blend in but when you are abiding and 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 living how Christ has has called you to because you're in the word and now like you said it's a reflection of him through you people will ask you like what makes you different like what what's wrong with you like why are you why are you happy when you know these things are all negative and it's just like, well, because I have a hope to look forward to that nothing here is going to, like, hinder. Like, yeah, like, emotions stink a lot of the times, and emotions can be one of those things that get in your way. But emotions are fleeting just like the physical things, too. They kind of come and go. They're roller coasters if you sit on those. But, and, yeah, like, you can get caught up in those because of the moment or whatever. But at the same time, if you get back into your word or you pray, Jesus is like so faithful and so good to then bring you and remind you back of that hope you have. So then all those things kind of just, it's like, oh, that, that, uh, that was difficult or it is difficult, but my God is bigger than these problems. My God is better than whatever I'm dealing with. God is better than whatever I may think I want. And it brings me to 2 Corinthians uh, 12, 8 through 10. As Paul, again, says, three different times I begged for the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need, or my grace is sufficient. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And those are like verses I've used my wife's used countless times, uh, especially within the last half year to a year. These are verses I've shared with a lot of brothers that are going through things, things that they don't understand why they're going through it. And then I remind them of, hey, man, look at what Paul had to go through. Look at how Paul's begging God to remove something. And, and then he was okay with God saying no and saying that that's, that's cool, God, because all I need is your grace. And I'm like, that's... Jesus or nothing. All you need is Jesus' grace. Nothing else matters. Even all these hardships, insults, persecutions, troubles. I mean, he's talking about taking away a, a, a thorn in his side, right? So it was his eyes or something was bothering him or has been bothering him that the Lord wasn't removing for some reason, which we know Lord has the power to remove it if it was his will, but he was using that to keep Paul 
humble and about God, about his business so that all this work can be done and then also minister to us so many years later that when I'm weak, God is the strongest. So when I can't do something, that's when God's taking over. I just have to trust it. That you lean on him for his understanding and not on our own, right? Um, the chosen does a really good job of kind of showing Jesus healing people, oh, but yeah. not little John, right? Yeah. And little James. Little James. Did yeah. I said John? Yeah. Sorry. Little John. Yeah. Little, little, yeah. <laughs> oh, Nick. You're thinking Peter Pan, or not Peter Pan, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. <laughs> um, yeah, little James. And like that little interaction, like really ministered to me. Like I, I couldn't even tell you what happened after that because it just, <laughs> I'm serious because it kind of took me on one and it was just, that's a personal thing for me. I won't get into it here on this podcast, but like the fact that Jesus was going around healing and James was like, you're healing everybody, but you're not healing me. You know what I mean? And it just like, it just hit me. And he was, you know, Jesus gave him, you know, in that show, right. Gave him, you know, one of, one of the, one of the most amazing answers. He's like, then how else will people know? Like you have a better story to tell than anybody else that was healed. Because now his strength relies on Jesus. It's not about what everybody else is getting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's the relationship. Die it's to not, self. Die to self. It's not what you want. Yeah. You, you can't even live for this world. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, really, that really ministered to me because it's, it, that, that, that is the epitome of Jesus or nothing. Mm-hmm. You want to be well here on earth or do you want to be well in heaven? Like, give me heaven, man. Yeah, please. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> give me give, give me please heaven. Let me stay focused on that. Yeah. And Jesus, you know, praying, praying in the garden, um, asking, you know, for that cup to pass. If you've been given anything or any gift, I encourage you to pray that prayer. Something special, any opportunity, you know, pray that prayer because if it is given back to you, <laughs> then it's of God. And you better take care of it. <laughs> right. For real. But the, the other part of that prayer is, you know, not my will, but thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Your will be done. That is recorded, in my opinion. That is recorded for all of us to understand that even Jesus submitted to the will of God. Mm-hmm. Not because Jesus was having a moment of weakness, but he was fully submitted to the will of God. But also shows us that we can not necessarily understand or agree with God's plans, but we are obedient. Mm-hmm. We follow it. So we can ask for that cup to pass. We could say that we have our own will, but we have to finish it. Like the Lord's prayer, your will be done. Your will be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus or nothing. Jesus or nothing. Your man. will be done. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's ministering even to myself and, you know, to just thinking of my family and things that we go through and things I'm sure people that are listening or, or watching um, go through it's it's a it is awesome that he gives us so many promises that hit each person differently that you can lean on and then when like for an example uh, Philippians one six right for God you know whatever God has started in you he's saying he's going to finish and 
sharing that verse with my sister, then I find out like, oh, how, how, uh, how she, that's one of her promises that she holds on to and she keeps it on her desk at work, etc. So I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like how, you know, we can read things and it'll hit you, like hit you in a, in a special spot where you're like, oh, I'm going to hold that one. Cause like, because I'm going through this thing, I know God started it. So He's gonna. He's he's promised me that he's going to finish the work because if I'm doing his work, he's promised to complete it. So, you know, and so then I'm like, I'm sitting on that, and then I find out like my sister sits on that for a different reason, but similar, you know. And then my wife, and then friends, and then so it's just like, wow, that's like, like so cool that he's the same, right? He's Jesus, but he's so so intimate with every single person and knows us so distinctly that he knows what's going to get our attention he knows what we love and he knows that things that we hate like any good father would never would want to give anybody any of their kids something bad as far as like i mean jesus talks about like the gifts you wouldn't want to give bad gifts being an earthly father so how much better the gifts would be from a spirit you know for our heavenly father um but that's if we can really hold on to that promise to going through life, it, it would make a world of a difference because if we're receiving something that we don't agree with or is like, you know, say not good, physically hurts, whatever, um, if we know the Lord's allowed it, we have to see the good in it, which is way easier to say than it is to deal with it, during, especially during the moments. But there is ultimately going to be a good out of it. And like you said, sometimes it's not good until heaven. But at the same time, Paul went through all these things so that people can see that witness. Little James was going through what he's going through and believing still, which then was a powerful witness. We go through things, and if we still abide and submit and commit, we are now a witness for the same reason. So then people can say, why are you okay with right now when so many things are not okay? It's like, well, because my focus is on Jesus and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And we have, to, we have to be about his business until we're called home. And, you know, we had a couple of episodes ago, a few episodes ago, um, we had collateral beauty, mm. oh, yeah. right? Because God is a God of collateral beauty amidst our own free will. He's still working all things to the good, right? To those who are called according to his plan, right? So all things will work to the good. All of them, even though we might not see it here, right? Because there's a witness that we're leaving behind for others, right? We're carving a path, right? We're headed towards that narrow gate, like Matthew 7 says. And we're going to carve that path so that other people can know. And we might not see the fruits of anything that we're that we've done here on earth. We may not see him at all. But, you know, when you, when you, when you read the stories of, like, pastors or, uh, you know, Christians in the early, like, 1800s uh, and set late 1700s, early 1800s, and then coming all the way up to present day, a, a, lot, of, a lot of these, these guys, a lot of them came out of England, a lot of them were like facing persecution and then they would come over here and try to preach the gospel and some of them like you know are famous names if we started mentioning them you'd be like oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> but came here and fell on their face and then went back and kind of had to find their way 
they don't realize the witness that they left behind here so much so that the founding of our country, right, was because they saw that they could come here and preach the gospel and live an unpersecuted life. Mm -hmm. And they would never, you know, especially the 1700s guys, and right through, you know, the time where the Civil War and we were becoming a country, like, they didn't realize the things that they were doing were going to bear so much fruit here to the point where documents would be written and comment and, 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 and uh, quotes would be coined, literally. I mean that, you know, pun intended, you know, and, and one nation under God, in God we trust. Like, these things yeah. were because of them coming here and sharing the gospel and the work that they were doing in their own country that manifested itself over here. And as they made it over here and delivered messages, they were touching other people here that said, oh, my goodness, we all need Jesus. And the gospel spread. And we became, at that time, one nation under God. No comment, Nick. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> Save that for another episode. <laughs> That's another episode. When we're ready to be canceled, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> we'll let you know. You'll know. You'll because know. We'll talk about those we things. We won't be here no more. <laughs> But the point that, that, that I wanted to make was that we have a plan. God has a plan for our lives. We just have to kind of be obedient. In it. You mentioned earlier about the fish kind of going against the, 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 the stream. Mm. You know, the, the fish that do that, the salmon that do that, they work their way all the way upstream to give life to something else. Mm -hmm. like that should be our walk. We should be fighting everything to give life to something else. We should be willing to sacrifice our life so that others may live, right? That's how we live out greater love is done than this, than this. A man would lay down his life for his friend. That's the life that we should live. It shouldn't be so that we get any glory or get any grandeur or have anything that's cool. Mm -hmm. None of that matters because as soon as we die, it all stays here and somebody else is going to get it, mm -hmm. right? We should be living for something far greater than that, right? A living witness of, of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how late it's getting. Uh, it, uh, we... We'll finish up, I guess, to the closing notes, but I kind of wanted to finish with one verse as far as capping out where, where I was or where the Lord gave me as far as this uh, topic goes. Hmm. But he gave me, you know, two verses or two sets of verses uh, from Paul, right? And he was a major witness that um, definitely was influential, is influential in my life because of his writings and his witness, but also uh, to so many others. But... Um, there was another powerful witness in Matthew 3, 8. Uh, it's John the Baptist. And he says, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. I, w I wanted to go all the way to uh, verse 12, uh, but time-wise I, I won't. But the main verse I wanted to sit on was 8 because he's telling us, his wit he's basically saying to live out what you give out, right? And it's Jesus or nothing. So if we believe in Jesus, nothing else should be visible as far as our witness goes. And John was a perfect example of that because he goes on to say that I'm not even worth, there's someone coming that I'm not even worthy to strap, unstrap his sandal. So like he knew his role, he knew his position. And then 3.30, he goes on to say, I must decrease and he must increase so he's saying it is all about jesus and the, and the reason he even says that is because he has disciples coming and saying like hey you know there's people doing these things over here it's not coming to you no more now it's going to like more like jesus's people and he's like i'm the bridegroom 
Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a guest here. Like this is not my show. This is not about me. It's about him because he is the lamb of God that's came to take away the sin of the world. It is Jesus or nothing. And I want to stay focused on that. I pray that we all can stay focused on that because the more we stay focused on that, the more our witness goes out and helps other people do the same thing. Yeah. Amen. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Yes. Amen. Bear fruits worthy. So real quick, I'm, I'm just going to read John 11, 24 through 27 real quick. Um, I think it's kind of important for the topic that we have. So again, John 11, 24 through 27. Um, and this is, this is where Martha and Mary are, are, are really Martha's kind of worked up because Lazarus died and Jesus didn't come in time, right? Jesus didn't come in time. His timing is perfect. But here we can read at 24. It says, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And I love this portion of scripture because, once again, Martha gets called out. You know what I mean? Martha gets called out in a good way, but Jesus plainly tells her, I am the resurrection, and then goes and actually raises Lazarus. So us ourselves, however dead we may be, however bad it may be, Jesus is the resurrection. We need to bear fruits worthy of repentance, right, so that others can see that there's a difference between us and the world, but to help them to understand that it is Jesus or nothing. Like you, what you have in this world, what you're able to grasp with your fingers is worth nothing. It's all perishing. It's all rubbish, right, as Paul said. But we, as Christians, have to live out a life that proves to people that it is Jesus or nothing. If we're convoluting or mixing or commingling the world with our lives and they can't tell a difference, we got a problem. Yeah, we have sure. an absolute problem. Like you said, those signs that are on the bridges on the freeway, it's that simple. It's Jesus or hell. It's mm-hmm. Jesus or nothing. Jesus or nothing. So that's it. That's it. All right, let's pray. Lord, uh, we just thank you again for today. We thank you for this time we've had to talk about you. I thank you for my brother Justin and his family for opening up their home and even making this uh, possible. We, we thank you for giving us uh, breath and, and words to, to speak and breathe. And I pray that we be the witness that you've called us to be to those around us, whether it be family or friends. I pray for those that are listening and watching that they, too, um, abide in you and, and um, stand, stand firm on those promises that you've given uh, to each of us individually, but also I pray that we stay focused on you and nothing else, not be distracted by things or people or places or uh, circumstance. I pray that we just stay focused on you like, uh, like Peter walking on water, Lord. I pray that we don't look down, we don't look around at our surroundings, that we just stay focused on you so we can walk and ke- uh, continue to strive uh, towards your, your voice. And, and we pray that you continue to draw us closer to yourself throughout this day. We thank you, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, Jesus loves you, and so do we.